Hey friends, this is Musing Methodists, where we discuss important issues and topics for Christians to ponder. My name is John Duff, and I'm the assistant pastor here at Centenary UMC in Danville, and today we're talking about Mississippi's new state flag and how COVID has affected faith around the world. And I am Paul. No, wait a minute. I'm not Paul. Paul filled in for me last week when I was unexpectedly away. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I am Chris Morgan, and I am the senior pastor here at Centenary United Methodist Church in Danville. Wow, that was confusing. I need a name tag for myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We did that because I update the script each week or outline, and I had left it as Paul, and so Chris wanted. And, and then, for the record, there are still a few places where you left it as Paul. Oh, okay. I've scratched them out to make sure that I know. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. They're absolutely are. Well, and Kathy's with us today, so hi, Kathy. Hi. Kathy's actually over there this time, which looks kind of weird on my screen, but yeah, she's she's over there. Because we're in a new place today. We're in a new place where we can, like, hook directly into the Internet. There is none of this Wi-Fi stuff that, uh, you know, every time someone takes a piece of aluminum foil by, you know, it just cuts off our yeah. signal. Right now, we are actually plugged into the Internet. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the Internet. That's, the Internet. that's looming and, you know, what's the word? Sinister? Yes. <laughs> Sounds ominous. Sinister, ominous. Those are the right words. You're a words person. I'm not. Um, anyways, cool. So, yeah, we're in a new place. We're excited. This is going to be a fun episode. It's a little less serious than the past couple because we've taken on some big issues the past couple. So we said, let's, I mean, we have good issues today we're talking about. But um, but John told me not to discuss epistemology today. Yeah. We talked enough about that. Yeah, two episodes ago. But but that's okay. So, but we normally start with how are we doing? So, if you're um, watching or listening to us, be feel free to comment. We'd love to hear how you're doing today. Uh, Kathy, how are you doing today? I'm great. Kathy's great. Anything interesting happen? It is Tuesday. No, quiet weekend. Did you have a good time? I heard you got bombarded with some snowballs. Yeah, uh, there'll be a picture later on the internet on Facebook, so if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, you can see it. Yeah, yeah. I went to lunch yesterday and came back, and suddenly I'm bombarded with snowballs. It was fun. It, the, none of them struck your person, just your no, car. No, just the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then later there were some on the windows. Mm. That's true, too. We like to have fun. I don't think mine's still on the windows. I think the window's too warm at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, true. Okay, Chris, how are you doing? I am uh, a little tired. It's mm-hmm. Kind of a rough week last week. Uh, one of my children was hospitalized from uh, Monday to Friday and got him home on Friday. And uh, it's it's been a challenging weekend. But uh, fortunately, we had already planned for John to preach this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the only thing I did on Sunday, which was wonderful, was I came and I worshipped. And then um, Kyle and I played a duet on the piano and the electric guitar of Amazing Grace. Which was very good. That was really fun. Yeah. I shared that with a couple of buddies of mine, and it was nice. It is very cool. Cool. Well, and I'm, I'm doing well. I had a good weekend, and I just started a new woodworking project, which is a bed frame for my bed, which was also part of my sermon. So if you heard my sermon... Um, 
that's there. So nothing too new. Um, fun. Good week. What? What did, you, what did you do today? What subscription did you subscribe? Oh, yeah. So yesterday, There's a uh, here. Chris and I cemented our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I bought um, I bought the Bible software called Logos. Which is the most amazing, comprehensively beautiful, uh, well-integrated suite of Bible study products currently available on the market. Yeah. A, a and simply amazing tool. I am completely blown away every time I use it. And if, if you don't stop me from talking about it now, I'm going to go full-blown commercial. So Chris loves Logos, and um, he talks about it a lot. But it, it helps him in sermon preparation a lot and, and Bible study. And, and prayer life. And it's an incredible – it is an incredible tool. Um, and so he – so he had been saying, hey, you should buy Logos. And and there was a new update, and the final time to get the um, discount for it was yesterday. So I bought it yesterday. And and also I got some books because Chris recommended. I They did a promotional deal to where he can say, hey, my friend John wants Logos, and so let's do that. And so make it happen. As I arrived here at Centenary, Chris said, you can work here for a year. Unless if if you don't buy Lagos, but if you buy Lagos, we can go past a year. And so I bought Lagos. That's not true. But anyways, it's also Groundhog Day today. <laughs> so it's Groundhog Day. Today. I don't know. Did it did that happen already? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure that it did. I, I okay. think uh, I, I went to the the place where Punxsutawney Phil is removed oh, from. Cool the the stump that has the little door in it. I went there one time, probably yeah. twenty years ago, and the thing I remember most about that trip was that my nephew, who at that time was a toddler, um, got incredibly sick on the windy back roads of Pennsylvania, and uh, we intended to go to Niagara Falls, but we never quite made it to Niagara mm. Falls. Um, yeah, because even though it was rather cool. Um, we could not travel without all of the windows down. Yeah. Oh, so he's so shadow. going to be winter or spring? Yeah, it's going to be winter. Okay. Well, you know, I read an article that actually it said most of the time the groundhogs are on, though. So that's a good thing. Well, pretend we're still going to have six more weeks of winter anyway because spring doesn't come. Yeah, officially. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But, um,. So it's kind of taken on an aura. There, there are other places that do groundhog now. And several years ago, do you remember mm-hmm. that the city, the the city father or the city mother that dropped the groundhog, and unfortunately, the groundhog like didn't this. didn't perish immediately. Was it before I was born? Unfortunately, no. This has been like four years ago. Uh, Sorry, and I just make fun yeah. of Chris. <laughs> <laughs> It could have. There are a lot of things that that happened before. We are in a there. very goofy mood today, I guess. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. So let's do our get to know you segment. Sometimes we do get to know you segment. We did it a lot at the beginning, but I have a couple of questions for us, and we want you, if you're on Facebook, to answer these questions with us. But it's also we are getting to know each other. Uh, who would you want to play you in a movie of your life? That's the first question. Who would you want to play you in a movie of your life? And then uh, do you collect anything? Is there something that you like to collect? So 
if you guys have any ideas you want to go first or you want me to go first you go okay well who would i want to play in a movie of my life that's a tough question i actually last week we talked about um Paul looking like Joseph Gordon Levitt. Mm-hmm. I like that guy, and that would be cool if he was me. But he doesn't exactly look exactly like me. But mm-hmm. he's very handsome, um, and a good solid guy with seems to have integrity. Um, I don't know really who I would want. Um, I have I have had thoughts of this. Oh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon could play me. That's it. I like Matt Damon. Um, he's the guy that's Jason Bourne, and so he could he could pull off a John Duff. If he can pull off Jason Bourne, <laughs> he could pull off John Duff. And then, uh, do you collect anything? I actually like collecting. I have the one thing that I kind of collect is mugs, and I have some cool mugs. So, so one day I'm going to go like in and take mugs. a picture, and it'll be a mug shot. There you go. It'll be a mug shot. Okay. So, if you guys are out there on Facebook. Answer, leave us a comment on... Uh, Randall said Tom Selleck. Ooh, Tom Selleck. That's a good choice, Randall. <laughs> it is. He's an, he's an attractive man, for sure. He's very manly. Um, Brad, and Brad a, Pitt a good would play. guy. Brad Pitt would play. No. Cool. There are several episodes that it would take. It would be, he'd do great in. Yeah, <laughs> there are several episodes. So this is a TV show now, not just a movie. Well, the the, the episodes of my oh, okay. life, I see. not necessarily yeah. of a show. And do I collect things? Um, I kind of collect fountain pens. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. most of them have dried out mm-hmm. because uh, once we moved, they didn't all get together with their inks. So one of these days, maybe a snow day, um, I will get out my fountain pens and I will wash them all out and and uh, you know re refill them, refill them, re lubricate them, uh, re start reusing them. Cool, cool. That's Rando good. collects sharks. Teeth. Sharks teeth. Yes. Nice. I didn't know that was a thing. That's cool. Yeah. Is that? Uh, I wonder if they're valuable or whatnot. I have some that I'm going to show him at some point. Uh, yeah. Then. That's cool. Okay. Me? Kathy? To play me, um, there's an actress by the name of Katie Mixon. Okay. If you've ever seen the show American Housewife. Have you? I'm sorry, I haven't. Katie Mixon? Okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. And then I collect, I don't really collect anything. Something I have a lot of are Converse Chuck Taylors. I mean, I have uh, 23 pairs of them. Okay. Yeah, that counts. <laughs> I would definitely <laughs> say Converse Chuck Taylor's 23 pairs counts. I think counts. you have more Chuck Taylor's than I have mugs, so yeah, I would say that's good. That's cool. Um, you also collect silly stories about your pastors, so. Yes. At some point, I'm going to write a book, I think. Yeah. Or maybe I should blog. For sure. <laughs> or, is it, there's like, isn't there the lady on Twitter that has the church secretary, I think, that Jill shares with me all the time? Yeah. Yeah. She's a church secretary. She has a Twitter account. She shares things from the church. Mm. I should, I've been told I should start that new one for here. You can do that. Yeah, for sure. So Tom Selleck answered us. Have we got any other nope. comments? Okay, mm-hmm. if you if you want to, we'd love to hear who would you want to play in you in a movie of your life and do you collect anything? Um, this day in history, next segment. We have a couple things. One, uh, actually on the this day in history 
uh, web page that I looked, it said the first Groundhog Day. So, <laughs> today was the first Groundhog Day ever. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know what year. I didn't put that on there. But in 1876, the National Baseball League was founded with eight teams, which is pretty cool because baseball was cool and baseball is kind of America's uh, pastime is known. In 1913, Grand Central Station opened in New York for the first time. So, That's really fascinating to me. Like two no, 108 years ago, yep, yep. We, we have we have mass transit within cities to the degree that that a large station, you know, urban planning and, and urban design have been around for far longer. And, and even as somebody who's an ancient Near Eastern history buff, you know, the, the ancient cities were designed in just incredible ways. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. The way that's been passed down, and I, I just don't tend to think of mass transportation or public transportation uh, as as something that's a hundred eight years old. You know, yeah, it predates predates the automobile in some respects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's nineteen thirteen, nineteen sixty. The U.S. Senate approves the twenty third amendment calling for a ban on the poll tax. So that's pretty cool. That's a good thing. We, uh, it's an attempt at making it easy for all people to vote and we want that and so that's good and we should continue to take steps to make it easy to vote um, which is important for our freedom in america so we like that so that's this day in history anything more on those topics this day in history we're doing a podcast yeah it's a good podcast, and it's a, too. It's a Groundhog Day as well. Yeah, so we could say that over and over again if you've seen the movie Groundhog Day, and that could be the rest of it. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So we have a couple of – we actually have a couple of articles that we are sharing today as kind of our main thing. And the first one is about Mississippi's new state flag, um, which I think their new state flag is very pretty. Uh, and Chris is going to pull up a picture of it. There it is. Um, it's very pretty. I think it's red, yellow, blue, same colors kind of as was before with some white with magnolia and, and stars around it and in God we trust. So this article, uh, I'm just going to read a little bit of the article. The moment was historic for the southern state that had been the last in the nations whose flag featured the Confederate battle insignia and emotional, and emotional for advocates who fought for years to change it. Uh, the new In God We Trust state flag featuring the magnolia flowers and stars was approved by 73% of Mississippi voters in the November election. So that, that's really good to hear. Like 73% said, yeah, let's go for that. That's a pretty big majority. It's hard um, to get 73% for, for anything. For anything, yeah, yeah. And and so there was a, there was a really big... Um, uh, you know, push to, to get this. And so there's a, um, a politician who said, today we turn the page, we commit our former flag to history, and we commit ourselves to the business of the future. It's one small effort to unify, but it is done in good faith concerning the new state flag. Yeah. Okay, and John. So, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to put the flag back up. Yeah. And I want you to walk us through the features of the Mississippi state flag. Okay. So there's red yellow and blue <laughs> I don't know if those colors mean anything or if it's just that's what the colors of Mississippi are and and white because so there's a magnolia in the middle and this says the magnolia is a, it's magnolia flower it's a symbol of hospitality which is cool because southern hospitality in Mississippi uh, surrounded by 20 stars so there's 20 stars there 
uh, signifying Mississippi's status as the 20th state in the Union, which is pretty neat. And then a gold five-point star to reflect Mississippi's indigenous Native American tribes. So that's cool that they're, they're recognizing the Native American tribes. And then it says, in God we trust um, at the bottom, which I think is, is pretty cool. And that's kind of a, a southern thing. That would not be a thing in the north or, um, or the west, I think. Uh, but in Mississippi, that's pretty cool. So, so you, de- you describe the flag in terms of red, yellow, and blue with white and um is that correct i yeah i there's there's no reason not to describe it like that i would describe it as red white and blue with two yellow stripes so i mean it's just one of the one of the ways that you look differently at things so so the flag previously had had a confederate symbol on it the confederate flag on it and so um people the article says this past summer the sentiment towards the old mississippi flag appeared to shift among racial reckoning over the death of George Floyd, a black man killed in Minneapolis uh, protests. So all the uh, uh, you know upheaval and, and racial unrest over the summer. And so uh, there was this huge debate over the nation's uh, only remaining Confederate monument and symbol, including the Mississippi state flag. And so um, they were decided to retire that and to replace the Confederate uh, flag um, well, the whole Mississippi flag, of which one portion was the Confederate flag, with uh, this new flag. And so that's pretty cool. I like that. I like the new flag. And I think yeah. that, you know, people as people in general don't like change. Yeah. So I'm sure yep. that there will be uh, people for a while who are like, well, you should have seen our old flag. Um, but, but the new flag is actually... Yeah, uh, it's pretty. I like it. Yeah. One of my, it's visually appealing. One of my buddies from seminary is... Um, from Mississippi, and uh, he went back there a couple years ago to be a pastor, and he said he likes the new flag, and so and maybe it was about time to change it. So it's good. Well, the next thing we're going to talk about, yeah, I'm not sure if people have noticed or not, but awesome. we are in a pandemic, mm-hmm. and we um, Kathy just sneezed. <laughs> life. <laughs> She's about 12 feet away. Though. Yeah, Kathy's so, about right. 12 feet away. You know, there's no plexiglass wall or anything. She doesn't like us. being close to us, even if it wasn't a pandemic. <laughs> no, that's joking. We like each other here. But, uh, yes, the, the question of faith in the pandemic is, is has really been a fascinating one for mm-hmm. me. And uh, yeah. the Pew Research has has done some research on like the ways that the pandemic has in 14 different countries affected the faith of the people uh, in those countries. Yeah. And there are some, there are some very intriguing um, pieces of data that have come. Um, among the people who say that faith is very important in their lives. So you get the chance to, to rate yourself. Faith is very important to me, somewhat important to me, yeah. not not all that important to me, not important at all. Um, among among people who say that, that faith is very important to them, mm-hmm. um, in the United States, uh, there are 45% of those who say that faith is very important to them that say they've grown some yeah. during the pandemic. Um, yeah. And... Only 5% of those who, who say that faith is very important to them, um, only 5% say that their faith has, has diminished mm-hmm. or, or gotten weaker during the pandemic. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty neat. And so, so a lot of people are saying like, or enough people are saying, my faith has actually grown in the pandemic. Which mm. Some might be like, well, how did that happen? And and the <laughs> South Korea, um, yeah, you know, South Korea shows a very different as far as those who are who say religion is very important to them. Fourteen yeah. percent of that population in South Korea uh, says that their faith has gotten weaker, and part mm -hmm. of that is that there's such a communal part mm -hmm. of their faith that that well, they're their getting culture, together. Their culture, their culture is extremely, yeah, is uh, is less individualistic, and so there are a significant number of people who are saying, well. You know, we, we don't go this alone. We do this together. And yeah. the inability to get together is, is really weakening, weakening yeah. our faith. So 14% yeah. in, in South Korea as opposed to, to 5% in the United States. And part of that is, is absolutely, absolutely cultural. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it also, I mean, this research was saying that the, the ones leading the pack in saying that the COVID has actually, the, the experience of COVID has actually um, strengthened the faith is is the United States. And I thought that was interesting. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why the United States over other, other than generally we're more religious, I guess. And, and take away, take away that question about whether or not faith is very important, somewhat important. 28% of the respondents yeah. said that their faith has, has, grown and it's stronger in america in yeah. america yeah. yeah and that's across that's across all self designations of, about whether it was important or relatively unimportant or, or, or whatever yeah. um so just over a quarter of americans uh, say that somehow their their faith has deepened has become um a more important part of their lives as a result of of the pandemic yeah which is that's a really cool thing so, compared to the other fourteen, um, we've got the United States. These are this is the number of people who say or the percentage who say their faith has become stronger. The United States, twenty eight percent. Spain and Italy are actually <laughs> the numbers two and three with uh, with sixteen percent and fifteen percent. And you know, especially in in Italy, yeah. Um, there has been this just incredible, uh, incredible turn turning upside down of the culture. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, I'm not strong enough to hold that still. So it's shaking. <laughs> yeah. There, there are some shaky statistics there, but uh, <laughs> but it's 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 intriguing. Um, yeah. So so um, do you have more on the article you wanted to share? Well, I, I was, I've just been kind of thinking about it myself uh, yeah. after reading this. So to what degree has the, the pandemic like altered my faith and the faith of the people around me? Um, has it made it stronger? Is it, and, and here's, here's where, where I come down observationally. Um, for almost everybody I know, the pandemic is not the sole factor. At this point in the pandemic, mm -hmm. it is the pandemic plus. Okay, so so like uh, in in our household, um, we have a a devastating illness that has been mm -hmm. that has been diagnosed during the pandemic. So we got the pandemic 
plus we've we've got this other thing going along parallel to it. Um, a lot of people in the church have the pandemic, plus they've got an aunt or an uncle who's died, or a mother or a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the attempt to properly grieve has been circumvented in some way, and so so there's something that's that's different for for our students, whether they're high school students or elementary school students or college students. You've got the pandemic plus the experience of learning to do stuff online. Yeah. So yep. so in my mind. When I'm thinking about what's happened recently, uh, my, my thoughts are the pandemic plus whatever else any given family is going through. And I think for me, yeah. almost every family is going through something that is in addition to. Yeah. Um, and so the, the pandemic plus, gosh, you learn so much. Um, you learn so much about the resilience of people. Yeah. You know, I don't want children to do virtual learning forever, mm-hmm. but but they've they've managed somehow to to continue to to, to learn. Maybe uh, you know, if you were to give them standardized tests compared to two years ago, and and now there there may be some sort of learning deficits. And you know what's going to be cool? I was thinking about this the other day. This is kind of side topic, but. When these students, kids, grow up and they have kids and their kids are complaining about going to school, (laughs) these kids are going to be like, back in my day, we got stuck at home for a year and a half and it was horrible. You should be happy you can go to school. That's what they're going to say. Exactly. And that's going to be a cool, interesting phenomenon. But, good. Okay, so... One thing that I've noticed, and, and I'm going to get back to my answer, what the pandemic has done to my face, mm-hmm. faith. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what it's done to my face, but, <laughs> but what it's done to my faith, it, uh, I think, I think especially at this point, there is an anxiousness, um, there is an irritability that I see, and nobody quite knows where to direct that anxiousness and mm-hmm. that irritability. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it can get directed at pastors. It can get directed at churches. It can get directed at Kroger. Yeah. Um, it can get directed at at the, the medical center. Who, three hundred doses, yeah, received. In, in don't quote me on this, but one of the articles I read said one hundred seventy one thousand phone calls about the distribution of those three hundred doses. Yeah. Now that's not just that's not 171,000 people, that's people dialing again and again and again trying to yeah. trying to get on. So those numbers may change with time. But but you know, anger at not being able to to figure out what to do next. Yeah. And and in my family we're talking about, okay, who are you angry with? And mm-hmm. ultimately, yeah. Um ultimately you're not angry with mom or with dad or with Kroger. Ultimately you're angry that we're in a pandemic. It's yeah. just inconvenient. And, and the more we're able to express, you know, I'm just frustrated because things aren't like they used to be or yeah. we're, we're used yeah. to them being. The more we're able to express that, the less long-term damage we're going to do to, to relationships, um, to, yeah. uh, to the organizations that we're a part of. The, yeah. the, you know, we're, we're mad. We're, we're unhappy. We're irritable. But we're not so much irritable for all the things we want to point it at. Um, we're irritable yeah. because life has been turned inside out and upside down. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's interesting because uh, 
a lot of like uh, research and, and like social science shares with us that the primarily like the number one thing that helps us get through difficult times is our strong relationships mm-hmm. right so if i experience a death uh, in my family close to me the the number one indicator that i'm going to grieve that well recover and heal is am i staying close with the people close to me and are they supporting me um and and the thing about the pandemic is that there are some who have really great relationships that even in the pandemic though it's separating us you still have those deep relationships but the people who are more isolated already have trouble with uh, their relationships they're getting more and more isolated and so you could see more difficulty for some and um and hopefully for for many they're they're realizing the values of their relationships uh, with others and um and that's important, and that's why one of the reasons why church is <laughs> important mm-hmm. uh, for and, sure for the community. Church looks a little different. I, yeah. I mean, we we don't uh, we, we don't get as close to one another as as we did. The choir um, that sings, and apparently we're learning. If you've seen the pictures, it's yeah. really amazing. Yeah. Choirs don't just sing; they spit. Yeah. So there's there's all of this stuff that is coming out of people's mouth. I'm, I'm gonna I'm really tempted to <laughs> next time I next time I sing in a choir, I wanna be like nine feet away. I wanna do be a soloist yeah. way out over sure. there. I'm just I'm kidding. Yeah. I love I was, choirs. I can't wait to get back into the choir. It's uh, gonna be great. It I'm will be. it will be a celebration for sure. Yeah. Um I'm I also wanted to say like it, it, I always feel like when we face difficult times and, and, like, people grew in their faith or people didn't grow in their faith, um, the different statistics. But, like, it, it's not that just going through something helps you grow in your faith. In a sense, it does, absolutely. But you have a choice in the midst of that. Like, you have a choice in the midst of your anger or, or whatever you're going through in the pandemic. In, in loneliness, a lot of us have felt that. You can choose to either... Uh, go the way of self-pity or anger or, or sin, what I would say is the path of sin, or you can choose uh, the way of, of following God and turning to God in the midst of that. That does not mean ignoring your emotion and just trying to push it away. No, it really it means bringing that to God and saying, God, I'm angry about this, or God, I feel really lonely right now, and I've got a week and a half left of quarantine, and this sucks. Um, and help me to know, yeah. help me to know how I can best navigate. Yeah, whatever it is I'm going through. Yeah, because whatever it is we're going through, yeah. there are awful ways to deal with it. Mm-hmm. There are magnificent ways to deal with it, and and probably most of us wind up somewhere along that continuum. Yeah, and and I don't want to be close to the awful ways. Yeah. Of, of of dealing with things. So. Yeah, and COVID has, I guess, we're running short. What time is it? Okay, it's 12.50. But it, it's also changed. One of the things the article said was about how all all the churches have gone online now, or a lot the of majority, churches, yeah. majority that are able to. And so that's interesting because that's changed. And also, I, I think it's one of the interesting thing about how it's affected is, is now everyone realizes, like, Oh, I can watch like the neighboring church's sermon like whenever I want. And I like, okay, here's the deal. What I say, like millennials, like people my age and younger, we were already doing that. Like, <laughs> but now like everybody 
realize that and, and probably has done that although they uh, hopefully they still really value their local church and so um, so that's an interesting thing that has kind of changed or shaped and there's uh, there is no substitute faith. yeah for for a community of faith that you meet with and you gather with. absolutely yeah. and uh you know your pastor whoever that might be um is probably not going to be the best preacher you can find no online no, <laughs> but let me tell you a secret about the best preacher you can find online. He or she has got a full time assistant who is who is researching um, not not just the text and not just doing the the textual work, uh, but is is looking at historical documents, mm -hmm. is, is looking at anecdotes, um, you know. And it would be cool to have a full time research assistant. And they don't know your name either, right? Like. Church is more than just content. Church is content and, and learning and growing plus community. And that's what they're about. And so just having an online community is is not, I don't think, is enough. Um, and I think uh, that's important. And I think Pastor Chris is a pretty good speaker. Sorry. It, it's better than nothing. You know, so, for, yeah. for those yes. people who can yeah. only yeah. have online. If you're in prison and you can't go to church, uh, then then online is better than nothing. Yeah. Um, if you are if you're in the hospital and can't worship with the community, then then online is better than nothing. But we are primarily formed by this experience of being together and worshiping together, Absolutely. celebrating each other's baptism, having communion to, with with one another, hearing the word proclaimed in um, in worship. Yeah, yeah. atmosphere. That's yeah. a beautiful thing about Christian community in life. So that's how COVID has affected faith and religion in various ways and. I've become a better reader, though. Or not a better oh, reader. Yeah. I have. I have. I've read more than okay, I have cool. in yeah. the year before COVID. Um, I have cooked more. That's not maybe faith related. In a way, it is. You know, I don't know. We Christians like to eat a lot together. So. Food is everywhere in the I, Bible. You know what happens? Oh, okay. That's sorry. That's besides. We got to wrap up. So, um, thanks for tuning in. We love hearing from you. If you're uh, leaving comments, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to ask us questions or say, hey, why don't you guys talk about this idea sometime on the podcast? We'd love that. Um, a couple of announcements. One, uh, tomorrow night we are doing Ruth Chapter 3 in our, our Bible study here in our church. We'll be in person and online at 630. Uh, that's going to be exciting. And that, So, we got two more weeks left counting this week. Of Ruth, and then into Lent, uh, we have an Ash Wednesday service on the seventeenth, which is going to be um, a very good. Uh, I love Ash Wednesday services, but what are we doing for that? Um, we are going to do the Ash Wednesday service both in person and online. Um, we're going to have small containers with ashes and. Um, if you are not prepared to come out and be a part of our in-person worship that night, you can pick up or uh, have delivered a mm -hmm. couple of containers of, of ashes. And uh, at the appropriate time, we will yeah. give instructions. And, um, you know, it, generally speaking, uh, John and I would, would put ashes on everyone's forehead. Mm -hmm. um, but that is one of those things that, we just do this year. <laughs> we just can't do in, in yeah. uh, 2020 or 2021. Yeah. Did we do it in 2020? No. Okay. Yeah, we did. didn't. I thought it was before the pandemic hit. No? I don't know. 
this just shows the power of memory and like there's a part of me that remembers ash wednesday in our sanctuary and there's a part of me that it's like wait a minute that was that was back in my last appointment yeah. uh, so there you go it's COVID brain so that's the 17th uh come out sunday mornings we're doing worship at nine o'clock and eleven fifteen. and then our lent bible study on wednesdays is going to be on the different theories of the atonement which is Atonement is just a big word to answer the question of what does the cross mean for us as Christians? Uh, what does Jesus' death, how does that solve the problem of sin? And so um, we are excited about that. That's going to be a really fun series. Uh, so come out or watch us on Facebook Live for that. Um, and that's about it for today. What? Okay. Kathy, you want to say something about it? Well, we have a blood drive on Monday, February 22nd from 1 to 6. You can go up, go sign up at blooddrive.danvillecumc.org to get your appointment. Blooddrive.danvillecumc.org is yeah. the place where you can sign up for our blood drive on the 22nd from 1 to 6, 1 to 6 p.m. Red Cross is in desperate need of blood. Yeah, absolutely. That's good, especially if you have COVID antibodies. That would be cool. And they'll tell you whether you have COVID antibodies, yes. right? Yeah. Like yes. everybody who's thinking, well, maybe I had COVID in May when I felt so bad that one afternoon and the next afternoon and then, you know, the 12 afternoons afterwards. Yeah. What? No, not yet. That's okay. not. But maybe next time. But okay. Yeah. Good idea. Okay. Uh, that's it for today. So, Chris, you could uh, send us out with a blessing. All right. Well, Here's the music. Ladies and gentlemen and everybody who watches live and later, uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you that peace that passes all understanding through Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we come together and in whose life, death, and resurrection we trust. Go in peace. Amen.